This is money line. This is money line. This is money line. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. World, welcome into Moneyline. It's Sunday morning, and you know what time it is. Just like every single Sunday, it's time to get paid. It's time to get money. It's time to get live because the boys are in studio, right? And we got the statistician sitting next to me, my partner in crime at Josh Jordan 97.5, is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday. Beautiful day out there, man. Good day to get that barbecue going like we always talk about. Yeah, let's get that going. I know you're probably in coffee mode now, maybe a little Bailey's in it. Let's get this thing going, but again, the stars align you know when i look across the glass it's like a connection it's like i fall in love it's like it's like it's tyler cito what's happening tyler what up boys what's happening brother hey we got an astros win last night i looked and seen who, who was uh who was producing today and i said man we right now a win is a win we're gonna get right into that just seven one three seven eight oh three seven seven six the phone lines are open if you want to talk about anything that we're gonna get to throughout this show but i wanted to start right there right because I mean, it's like pulling teeth right now to get wins, you know? Yeah. 1-0, it's like, I wouldn't, I mean, I'll I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'll take it however we can, but that... That's not the way I want to go about things, but the way we are, the team is is set up right now, you know, with 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 four players missing out of the starters, uh, of of the starting, uh, of the batting rotation, um, I just don't know where to go from here as far as defense, right? Because I was looking at the box scores and at the scores as what they've given up. And at this point, if we're not scoring five or six runs, then we're in trouble. That's what I'm getting. So that's where we're starting. That's our that's our starting line, five or six runs to be in the to get in. It has been until yesterday. I mean, and it's early, right? A lot of these games they're down four to nothing before before you even realize it. So that's why I had an issue with, you know, Christian Javier getting, you know, demoted essentially to go hang out by himself at the alternate training site. I guess I can't imagine there's that many people there, but and I get it. I, they want to use him as a fifth starter, but they need him, you know, whether it's out of the bullpen or as a starter. And I don't know if they should be skipping him in the rotation. Are there other options that much better than Christian Javier? Because I don't think they are. So that disappointed me that that he's not around. You know, he'll be back. He'll be your fifth starter. But I'm kind of of the opinion. I wanted him to be in the rotation. But if they view him as the fifth starter, then they're also going to view him as the guy that leaves the rotation when Fromber comes back. Yeah. So my point is, if you're going to move him back to the bullpen anyway, why not use him when you could you could you need him right now? Why not? Why not use him in that way if you're going to move him back to the bullpen at some point? in the season anyway. So that's kind of curious to me. Some people said it's about service time to where they can kind of do the George Springer thing to him. So this year doesn't count as a full service time for a full season. 
So when they go to negotiations, they can say, oh, well, in 2021, he didn't spend the entire season in the big leagues. That's not a full year service time. I don't think that's what it is, just personally. But I'm just saying they need the guy. He could possibly be their best pitcher. I mean, he's fantastic. You saw what he did in the playoffs last year. His last start, he was he was money. I mean, he had an incredible start. So I want to see him back with the team. They can certainly use him. Talking about last start being money, Grinky's previous start before yesterday wasn't so much. No. An ineffective slider. Yesterday, didn't throw the slider. If you go back on his all-time historically, you got to go back to down to 2013 since the last time he had a game that he didn't throw a slider. So is it is it rest in peace to the slider for now? What's unfortunate is one of his early starts in the season, his slider was great. I think it was maybe the first start of the season to where he used the slider and it had a lot of movement. It was very effective for him. And then, like you said, it was it was so bad that after that last poor start that he had, he talked about his slider and he was like, yeah, I guess I just can't throw it as much. So that's a problem, man. <laughs> like, I know he was great, but that was against the Mariners. So I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking like Grinky's fixed now. And it was 91 pitches. It was weird, too, because he didn't hesitate, you know, whenever they brought him out. It was a, okay. Um, he only had, I believe, what, in the fifth inning, that one little trouble spot, two guys on, where he caught a, it was a bullet to him. They say it was about 103 miles. He, it was so fast that he had time to look at both first and second base, and he still got to third, and they still got the double. You know, that's how fast it was a bang-bang play. Yes. But that was pretty much the only time where you you were in fear in that type of game. Even though it was 1-0, you still said, all right, let's get, a, let's get an insurance run somewhere in here. But I'll take it as it is. Go ahead and put in Presley, and let's get out of here. No, we'll take it. And I know the score was low. I mean, they had quite a few hits. They were just singles, you know, that it, I think they'll be okay. And look, you you hit on it. I mean, we're not rolling with our normal Astros lineup right now. And it's early. Yeah. I think you would rather this happen earlier than later, right? What do you think, Tyler, about the team? I know we always talk about. Uh, thank God it's a long season, right? Yeah. I mean, let's not. That's the thing about getting too high and too low. I think we just came out of the gates like animals because it was the A's, you know. And we were hitting them up, scoring runs, hitting home runs. We just came out like let's let's tear down the MLB. And then all of a sudden, just life came at us pretty quick. And it's, okay, let's slow down. Let, let's, let's play with this rotation some. Let, all of a sudden, this, I mean, we didn't expect for, for these guys to get sick. No. Or, or to be feeling like this. We didn't expect that. I'm not sure about the, um, I guess we'll call it excuses being made for, for bad pitching or, or games not be, it shouldn't be being played. That's the talk going on last week. So I'm, I'm not sure. But all I can tell you is I'm not too disappointed where we are right now. I'd rather it happen now than later, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And going back to the slider thing, uh, Maldonado was actually like he was tweeting uh, at Blummer and uh, TK during the game when they were talking about like they mentioned Grinky wasn't going to throw a slider anymore. And uh, Maldonado actually like tweeted him that last pitch was a slider. Mm. So I don't know if he has that like maybe it's just like. He's throwing the pitch, but he's just not calling it a slider or whatever. Gotcha. And just whatever breaking ball, whatever he wants to call it. Maybe more of a cutter, something yeah. that doesn't move as much. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess Maldonado's probably got a better eye than either of them two because he's caught the guy sure. for however long. And, I mean, dude, a win's a win. And I think Grinking honestly, probably dropped that ball on purpose to get that double play. Because you saw, like, he grabbed it, and then he just kind of, like, let his glove go, and ball dropped. And I think he he looked at first, 
and then realized that runner was going to second and he had enough time to get it to third and then Toro could get it to Correa. I I mean, that's a smart he's, yeah. just, he's a smart baseball player, so he can make that choice. No, that's true. That that's just a heads up play right there. You know, you, you pick up that force out, you cut off the lead runner. Great play by Kringy. You know, like Tyler said, you're not surprised. He's been doing this for a long time. He's a smart guy. That that was the right play. So, look, I'm encouraged. I know that it didn't look good last week. Because remember, when we did the show last Sunday, everything looked great. And then they, you know, what they lose? Six in a row? Something yeah. like that? So, that's going to take the wind out of your sail a little bit. But I think the encouraging thing is, looks like Altuve's back to being Altuve. I know he hasn't played recently, but he started the season hitting well. It looks like, you know, Brantley and Yuli has, you know, had a terrific start to the season. He's getting a lot more walks. He's he's hitting a lot more strikes. I mean, he's been fantastic over the course of the season. So if you get that bounce back year from him and everybody else that you already have in the lineup, I think they're in a good spot. They just got to get through this little rough stretch and everything will be okay. I think, again, as we, we go to, let's not get too high and too low. I think that's exactly what happened. We came out thinking, hey, this is, I mean, what has really changed if somebody would have told you that this is where they were going to be at? I would say, you know, okay, that's kind of expected. I mean, uh, again, there's going to be gaps in the season. I was talking to someone specifically about this yesterday because they were they were team pull, pulling everything just off the table saying, man, this is a, this is devastation. And I'm thinking, what are we even talking about? Dude, I saw somebody on our Facebook page be like, well, this is a rebuilding year anyway. They just need <laughs> to trade everybody. And I'm like... What are you talking about? It's it's been a few games and you've been without some of your best players. You know, just it's baseball. It's a long season. Relax. You know, as long as they're around 500, then you know they can make a run at any point and, and really push to where they win the division. So everybody just relax. It's going to be okay. Now, speaking of the Astros, on this show, everyone that's listening wondering, so I just sometimes I just like to do crazy things, Josh. So I went out and bought 10 Crawford box seats. Nice. Uh, in the boxes, Crawford box seats. Uh, actually, Tyler Cito is going to be there on Friday. So I got one ticket left, and we, we saved it for a money liner. Nice. So it's going to be one ticket. This isn't a, hey, I'm going to bring my wife with me. This is you're going to tell the wife or the husband if it's a female. We have a few females. And I like I, I did it in the sense that I we did it in a, I gave away to a few different people that don't even hang out with each other. You just gave them away. We're going to. We're going to go go there pushing for one thing. You know, that's the Astros on a win. A lot of beer drinking. Mm-hmm. So throughout this show, we're going to – I don't know how we do it. Maybe a, call, maybe a call in. Do we do a number? Or do we say, hey, whoever calls in and gives us the best, this is why I should go. You know, we well, want – That's not bad. Yeah, let's see. If, if, if you want to call in throughout this show and we'll narrow down, we'll vote throughout the show on who should get that ticket. Let us know why you should get the ticket. Um, if you fit the criteria, beer drinker. Um, maybe obnoxious, check. Um, nacho eater, check. Um, we are going to get before the game. We're going to pregame. Um, check if you want to do that. You know, so just let us know. If you're double vaxxed, uh, even better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, either which way, uh, it's going to be given out throughout this show. So 713-780-3776. If you want that ticket, again, it's going to be for the Astros game um, on Friday, 7 o'clock. That's where we're going to be, and it's going to be a party in the outfield. But we're going to get to a lot of things throughout the show. We're going to touch a lot because we missed that gap about three weeks of the show. We missed a lot of the uh, free agency, not so much on the Deshaun front going on. Uh, thank God, I, I guess. Casario came out and, and said 
his two bits, even through Bitcoin in the equation. I guess we'll touch a little bit on that, but there's not really much to dig into to me. I think it was all cliche. It's all just, hey, I don't want to say anything. Let's just get past this. No, no doubt. It, I have a few thoughts on the press conference, but that was my takeaway too, Jerry, was he didn't give us anything. You know, he was just like, oh, we'll let the legal process do its thing. We respect that, you know, in regards to Deshaun. So nothing really new there. With the draft, he kind of deflected most of the questions. So, which is smart. It's nice to have a GM that knows what the hell they're doing and, and answers questions in a way that you're like, huh, that makes sense. You heard it in the background. You deserve to get throwed. It's Sunday, Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 98.7. Wait, what? I said 98.7. That's my show. Let's try this one more time, okay? My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 97.5 FM. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Little Devin for you, Houston fans, 713-780-3776. This is Moneyline. Before we get into any real sports, let's talk about, I guess we're going to get into what it the circus I saw last night, this Jake Paul Ben Askren fiasco. I, I don't even know what to think anymore, Josh. I, I looked and I said at one point, what am I doing watching this? I didn't buy it. Hopefully the feds ain't, aren't, aren't listening right now. I mean, I, if you bought it, I want to know. Call me. You know, let me know how do you feel right now because it went from Snoop performing, Snoop smoking in the, in the, in the, in the play, you know, in the commentator booth. Um, Mario Lopez popping his head in. Justin Bieber makes a perform. Who wants to go out and fight somebody after Justin Bieber performs? You know, we we I, I said if we're gonna do R and B, at least bring out Usher. <laughs> at least bring out 2015 Bieber. That guy, he was wild. 2021 Bieber's lame. You know, what He's are we so lonely? Yeah. Then Jake Paul, <laughs> Jake Paul knocks out Askren in the first round, and he's he's basically crying up there. Then, then he goes around and, and takes a shot of God knows what Snoop has in that thing. I just, it, I asked myself, what is going on right now? This is where we're at right now. And then now I'm hearing that on the next card, one of these triller, I don't even know. Who, it's going to be a, a real fighter. T- Tailfilo is going to be fighting. He's a, he's a belt holder. And you got Evander Holyfield. Uh, Evander Holyfield, not Junior, not his son. Mm-hmm. Evander Holyfield, co-main event. It just are we going backwards? He's back. Well, I mean, we saw, you know, the Mike Tyson thing, and, and there are rumors that it would be Tyson and Holyfield, <laughs> yeah. you know, that we'd see that again. I don't think Mike wanted to do it. So I'm not surprised. A lot of these guys are like, hey, why not? If Mike can do it, I can do it. Jeff is going to say why not because he wants to go to the Astros game again. If you want to go to the Astros game, the phone lines are open throughout the show. We're going to pick the most, I guess, electric fan, the one that's going to drink the most beer, the one that's going to eat the most hot dogs with us. Jeff, why are you that fan to go to the Astros game for this free ticket? What's up? I am that fan because I am on day 11 of a work week. I will be on day 12 tomorrow. And I could use the getaway to suck down about 900 hot dogs 
27 beers, and just go, go, go Astros. I like that. I like to hear that. I like the way he just went about that. You know, just – and there might be a challenge. Again, it's going to be a party in the outfield. If you're watching the game on that night, hey, somebody might get hit in the head. We might be in the middle of a chuck session. Here comes a home run, trout ball, bam. I think what better game, though, than when trout's in town? No, I I agree. We got to figure out how to set this up because – I, you know, we don't have everybody's contact information, so I guess the best way to do it would say we're going to pick a winner in the last segment of the show. Is that, you know, so you better be listening. You better think, call back in. What do you think, Tom? Well, I'll probably just get his number. Okay, and, that's a good call. Uh, we'll call him back. Okay. Yeah, so Jeff. Maybe last segment or if y'all just want to, I guess, announce the winner last segment and then you'll have his number. You can call him, whatever. Exactly. So, okay. yeah, All Jeff right. is the clubhouse leader right now. If you're listening and you want to go to the Astros game and sit in the Crawford boxes, Tyler Cito is going to be in the house. Kobo's Q is going to be in the house. We put Dez in there. Uh, Crystal, she's a money liner. Dr. Dre off 290 is going to be in there. I'm telling you, it's going to be a zoo, and we're going to get down. But for right now, like I said, the zoo was last night. I don't, I don't want to see anything else like that again. I want to get to some, some real things, some real sports. And that's where we're going to start with some football. Now, we get closer to this draft and speculation. It's all speculation. Everyone's a weatherman right now. Mm-hmm. That's a tough job that, that Lance Zerline has. Yeah. Like, how, what percentage of draft analysts are 100% right? I would say none. Yeah, nobody gets So then right. what's the threshold to say, hey, that was successful? I mean – you go out there and you give your your honest opinion on where they go. You know what I mean? That's your job as to where you think that they fit in. Now, if you, you do have those, bo- uh, I, I guess call it bulletin board guys, the ones that want to be flagrant like Kuiper, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. I think Lance is is a different approach than Kuiper. You know what I mean? I just I think it's more – Kuiper's more of a TV guy to me. You know what I mean? And and to me, it's – I'm telling you, that's one of the hardest jobs is, is to be a draft analyst. It just – what's your window what's your margin of error it's tough as somebody that's put a lot of mock drafts together throughout the years you're you're weighing what you're seeing in that player versus the rumors that you're hearing about him you know this is rumor season right like we're hearing all kinds of rumors so and you're also in the in the middle to where you're not picking who you think you would pick in that spot you're trying to guess who that team likes for that spot so you're not even picking the best player necessarily. You're picking your guess, your best guess of who they think the best player is. So it's it's tough, man. So this week, as we got it, as we have it right now, okay, it's supposed to go Lawrence. That's settled, right? Should be. And you see, uh, this week, that's all the smoke screens, right? Because we've been hearing about Lawrence this week. Like, like, oh, stop. does he love football? And you always hear this stuff right before the draft, all these smoke screens to tr- try and get people to, to get off what they know is going to happen. Yeah, Lawrence is going to go first, Jerry. The Jets pick, you think that's solidified, right? I do. I, I don't necessarily know if it's the right choice, but I, I think they know who they're going to pick. Yeah. So then let's start right at three, because that's the question right now with the 49ers. Did they make all these moves to – get Mac Jones. Now, if you look at just strictly gambling odds, if you go back to, let's go to 329, at that point, Mac Jones was the favorite. And we're talking about between Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. If you look now, smoke screens, call it what you want, Justin Fields is at minus 125, Mac Jones, then Trey Lance. Things have changed some. 
Now, that's why I say it's such a hard job for someone like Lance or whoever does that kind of stuff because you can have all your draft right, but if, as soon as there's one curveball, then that changes the rest of the draft. That impacts the rest of the draft. So that's where, where I want to start. Let's say, what do you think the 49ers are doing here? Did they have to trade all that to give Mac Jones? I don't believe so. I think that they could have waited for Mac Jones, so I think that they're up to something else. And you might be right about that. And I have, you know, our own Lance Zerline, NFL.com. He's their draft analyst. He's their expert. I'm looking at his last mock, which was from the 27th or the 29th of March, so a couple weeks ago. And he already had Trey Lance in there at number three to the 49ers. That That's who he has in there. For me, I, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's going to be Justin Fields, but that's just me. But who knows? People talk about Shanahan. He's so overconfident that you know he would pick somebody like Mac Jones in that spot. You well, know, if it's I think if it's a person that's going to go right now that they need to be more right now ready, it's Jones. I think if it's who maybe has and I hate to use that term because you're going to hear that a lot right now. Who has this higher ceiling? Right, the higher ceiling I think is Fields. Yeah, he has more more attributes. I believe I think he can be more explosive and dangerous if he gets. Right with Shanahan, uh, that could be I could be magic if it works yeah. out. But right now, where we're at, it's just I don't believe that they had to trade down the Niners and 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 do such a drastic haul of things to get down that close to get Mac Jones. I believe that they could have sat and said, "Hey, we could trade maybe at maybe that eight nine ten spot, you know, nine ten spot." Because again, Justin Fields is going to be okay. So let's paint in. Let's paint in. A few pictures. Let's say it goes Mac Jones. So now you have Fields and Lance, Atlanta uh, Atlanta Falcons. You're on the on the clock. What are you doing here with the old quarterback and Matt Ryan? I'm taking Fields right there. And there's a lot of thought that they may trade out of it. But look, when you get to pick in the top five, you, you, hopefully you don't get to do that very often, right? Because that means you're terrible if you're picking in the top five. So if you have a chance at a franchise quarterback and you believe in that guy, I think you got to take him. With as many holes as the Falcons have, it wouldn't make any sense just taking Pitts there, right? No, they're not a tight end away from winning a Super Bowl. No, I no, they got to rebuild that team. That and, and going against Tampa, and I think that the long term play is the smart play for Atlanta because you know Brady's not going to play forever. You know, maybe one or two more years. So you take Fields here, and then you know when he's ready to go, Brady's out of the division and. Maybe it's your time in Atlanta. How about after that? If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, do you try to get your quarterback more weapons, or do you try to protect the quarterback, the franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow that just went down with a with an injury that you can't afford to have again? For me, I would go offensive line. I mean, he was on his back so much last year, and we're all just acting like he's going to be fine coming off that ACL. Like, he, like everything will be just be cool. Like that's a serious injury, you know. Like. There's no guarantee that he's going to be, you know, 100% ready to go when the season starts. So I would protect him. I would upgrade the offensive line. The Bengals have been bad on the O-line for a while, man. I think that's where I would go. They have Higgins. They have, you know, they have Boyd. They have some good receivers already. Many want to paint in Chase. Yeah. And, and you know, the Little Reunion. Many, though, say Penesu. And that's how you say you want, you want to protect them. You want to avoid these kind of injuries. You saw... Protection is everything. It's nice to throw in the gadget players. It's nice to throw in all the peripheral stats. But when when Mahomes didn't have time in that Super Bowl, you saw what happened. You saw that it, it was 
it was a it was a tragedy out there. You know, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't Mahomes. He was running backwards to throw to to make any plays. He was just trying to create anything. That's the problem you have when you don't have an offensive line with a young quarterback. You got lucky. You struck gold. And we're going to get into that because if you look back at that specific draft and you had to redo it, is two of the guy is Burrow is 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 it Herbert? I mean, Herbert looks like that guy now for sure. But I mean, to your point, you know about the Bengals right now. Line. Who would you take though if you could do it right now and you could just handpick? Who, who are my options out of that draft? Uh, the Tua, Herbert, Burrow. I know a lot of people love Burrow, but because of the injury, I'm going with Herbert. I mean, and he looked amazing last year. I think Keenan Allen's going to be a really nice receiver this year for fantasy purposes. But I just wanted to finish off with the Bengals. You know, if you're having to go against the Browns and they got Miles Garrett and now Clowney coming off the other side, you're going to need to be able to protect your quarterback. Yeah, and that, I mean, the Ravens, the Steelers, yes. that's the black and blue division. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, you got to protect him or if he's going to have a long, long career he's going to be that guy that you're always going to wonder man if he had a line what could he be what could we be here on money line i have a winner i have a winner and i'm going to take you to europe go ahead and grab your mask grab your vaccination tell your family i'll see you because i got a winner and it starts here very soon this money line espn 97.5 i'm Call into the HRNP listener line, dial 713-780-ESPN. Administration of employee benefits is a hassle. Let HRNP eliminate those burdens and save you money. Visit hrp.net today. Y'all get ready to put y'all up on something, man. Yo, when you see something ill, you know what I mean? That's woke. Anything ill you see is woke. Have me a big six at the curb, that's woke. Especially if you got the fully equipped kid on it, it's woke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I had this bad shit. This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. 713-780-3776. That's the number to get in if you want to win the ticket to the Astros game this Friday against the Angels. Party in the Crawford boxes. We will be drinking out there. Jeff is the clubhouse leader right now. Hide your hot dogs because he's going to eat them all, he said. He <laughs> yeah. said he's going to drink all the beers. And that's the winner right now. So, again, if you want to win, if you let us know why you deserve to go to this game, why you're going to be, huh, I guess I'll use the word obnoxious. I don't care what you are that day. Anything goes, 713-780-3776. We're there to push for those Astros because wins are golden right now. We'll take them how we can get them. We will take them. And if you're going to heckle Mike Trout, you got to come with some, come up with some better stuff than what I heard last time. Somebody was yelling at him like, oh, you're not swimming upstream on me, Trout. And I'm like, man, that's not even the right fish. Like, really? We're, we're hitting this guy with fish jokes? Like, you got to do better. So if you're coming out, make sure you do better than that. Yeah, I saw, I forget what basketball game I was watching, and then they were like, you suck, you suck. And then even the commentators, all right, like, you, we got to do something better than this. We know that he doesn't suck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, at this point, we have to do something else. That We have to come harder than that. So. I'm not sure what I'll be up to. Uh, I might I might show up in a Santa suit just because, you know, like I don't know what kind of mood I'll be in that day, but uh, there's going to be a lot of drinking. Um, uh, Uber is advised. Yes. Uh, let's be responsible. Again, this has nothing to do with the station, so I don't want anybody to be liable. For this. <laughs> this is just a ticket. 
um, to go to a, uh, let's call it to, like I said, a mosh pit in the outfield. That's what you'll see. So on Friday catches. But getting to uh, things that make me feel like, whoa, like the song says, um, Julian Edelman retires this week, right, steps away. Yep. Um, LaShawn McCoy comes out and says, if he's in Hall of Fame material, then me too. At which point I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm out on Edelman being in there. There's just there, there's no way, you know. It, it's just the the body of work is not there at all. Like not. I mean, I, I didn't even think he was in that conversation. Yeah. To be honest, all of a sudden he retires, and and all of uh, all of a sudden they're painting him to be this this guy that yes. And I know I know that coming from being a a, a original quarterback, I mean that's who he was. But then I think he was just, I'm not even going to say just a system guy, but he just happened to fit that system so perfectly that that's what you become when you go to the Patriots. If you can fit that system. We've seen star wide receivers go there outside of Randy Moss, which he just had to run goes. Yeah. <laughs> just go and just throw it to him. But we've seen other wide receivers go there that, that are stars, and they weren't able to learn that system. It's not that they weren't. Great players, but it takes a different type of football smart to fit into that system. It's a system type of of, of a program or, or franchise. It is, especially in that slot. And you know, Edelman kind of took over for Wes Welker, right? So, and you look at it. Let's see, Wes Welker, one, two, three, four, five seasons over a thousand yards for Wes Welker. Five. Okay, and then we go over to Edelman here, and one, two, three. So if you're saying Edelman is a Hall of Famer, then Wes Welker's a Hall of Famer. You know, like, you just, you can't make the Hall of Fame with three 1,000-yard seasons. Wes I mean, Welker's listening right now. He just turned his radio <laughs> up. He said, well, did y'all catch the end of that? Yeah. Wes Welker, Hall, Hall of, of Fame, Famer. baby. No, I started looking. Um, Warren Sharp had a perfect tweet. I'm actually trying to pull it up now, but uh, it was earlier this week, and he compared Heinz Ward, a person that can't even hardly get on this ballot, right? Yeah. It, and he, Heinz Ward is miles ahead. Okay, here it is. Catches. Heinz Ward, 1,000. Julian, 620. Yards. Heinz, 12,000. Julian, 6,800. A, a little bit over half. Um, touchdowns. Heinz, 85. Julian, 36. Less than half. Super Bowl MVPs. Because you're like, well, Julian, Edelman, he had, he had it. Well, so did Heinz Ward. Pro Bowls. Heinz Ward, 4. Edelman, zero. But at the same time, Heinz Ward can't make a final ballot in the last five years. No, that's crazy. And, and here's Heinz, one, two, three, four, five, six seasons over 1,000 yards receiving. And he had two seasons where he had 975. So, I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. Then Bill Belichick comes out in his statement using the term ultimate competitor. And I'll be damned if someone that's used PEDs is going to go out and, and be, and be, you know, tagged, deemed as such. That goes for guys that, that goes for the J.J. Watch of the world. You know, that's what you call the ultimate competitor. Dude, he was so competitive. He's like, I'm going to take steroids. I'm going to be that much <laughs> They're better. They're not going to beat me. <laughs> They're not going to beat me. <laughs> I mean, I guess if that's what, if that's what we want to throw in there, yeah, he was. He was hella competitive, very competitive. But yeah, I just man, and then and like again, things that made me say like, whoa, because we we've talked about this on McCoy before, because he this isn't the first time he's tried to say that he was Hall of Fame material, and then he tried to say that look at the gap that he was involved in, and he says who, who was a better running back, and we even broke down some of the running backs, and yeah, uh, he was up there, but you he never was. you never 
at the end of the day, when 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 he's gone, you don't think back, or, or if his name pops up years from now, you don't look at McCoy like that and say, "Man, that was a hall." Of, I think people forget that the Hall of Fame is, I mean, that's that's a certain group. Yeah. Well, now we're just gonna throw Julian Edelman in here. No, that that's that's crazy. I don't. Did you catch uh, Edelman told this story about about Belichick from his rookie year? It came out this week. Did you see it? No. What do you say? So. Edelman was saying, like, I think it was my rookie year, and I just loved being at the facility all the time because I was just happy to be part of the team. So he's like, it was like 11 o'clock one night, and I'm at the team facility in the weight room. He's like, it's dark, like pitch black in there because it's 11 o'clock at night. He's like getting in some cardio, and he looks over, and Belichick's there on the other side of the weight room on a treadmill watching game film with a pencil behind his ear, just on the treadmill walking and writing down notes while he's watching game film. So Edelman's like, I was a rookie. I was kind of afraid of him. I didn't want him to see me. So I just kind of dipped out of the weight room without him seeing me. And he goes, so then I was like, I like to use the cold tub. I I like to use the hot tub. So he's like, so I decide I'll I'll go get a soak in the hot tub real quick before I leave. So he goes and and gets, you know, gets his towel and gets ready and then heads over there into the hot tub and walks in and Belichick is sitting in the hot tub, (laughs) just sitting there, shirt off, you know, full Belichick. And then he he went to like turn around and like try and leave the room, but Belichick saw him. So yeah, so he was like, man, that'd be weird if I just walked in and clearly I'm coming in here to get in the hot tub. I've got a towel over my shoulder. Hey, what's going on, Julian? So he walks in there and he's like, I can't just turn around and leave. So Belichick looks at him and then just gets up out of the hot tub. It's Edelman said, it's a big no, no. You're supposed to wear trunks in the hot tub. Belichick full commando just stands up completely naked, gets out of the hot tub and walks past Edelman. Hello coach. (laughs) Sub coach. How's it hanging? So that's how he got a real feel for Bill Belichick, his rookie year in New England. Let's get a feel for Roger because he wants to talk Astros tickets. Tell us why you are going to be the fan that's going to sit with us on Friday. You're on Moneyline. Well, my grandfather used to take me to the uh, Astros games in the old orange section of the Astrodome. And I don't never remember anything except Astros, Astros, Astros. I even got his footmark on his grave, some you know, marked with the Astros logo for him. So I think I should go to celebrate because I did it this year. All right. Hey, there I like you have it. it here. We got our man Roger. He's number two on this list. We got his number. So, at the, again, at the end of the show, we'll take a little vote and we'll uh, we'll pick one guy but again or or female again because we I think we got three coming and that's what I'm saying this is going to be a diverse group it's going to be a lot of drinking I even made sure cuz I said all right this has to have a, a good time has to have a good foundation and I said I got to put Tyler Sito in here I got to <laughs> put Dez I, I mean what 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 better foundation of beer drinkers than that and then everything up top Kobo's was a hand pick because man I, I always see him doing things for people and just I don't think people forget sometimes to say, hey, do you want to do you want to do something? I give back to the guy that always gives back. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought about it and I'm like, man, I, I don't ever see him. And then I, I hit him up and Friday's the day he's closed. So it's here we it's are. Perfect. So, again, throughout the show, 713-780-3776. If you want to join us, we've got two entries so far. But, yeah, getting past the Edelman, getting past the, uh, Shady McCoy, getting to now – Something that touches the hearts, and it's probably going to carry into the next section because the Cowboys. And mm-hmm. I have to go do a little research because last week we talked a little bit about um, that maybe their defense wasn't going to be all that, right? That we know that, 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 that they have holes. And then I saw a few of the Twitch comments coming back quick. Cowboy guy came in and said, no, our defense isn't that bad. Ooh. But I think it is. It is. And I, and I see... 
Cowboy fan has turned quick on one Zeke Elliott because Zeke just dropped the video, and the man looks in shape. Yeah. He look, looks sharp. Have you seen it? All he of looks sudden, explosive. Explosive is the term they used. All of a sudden, I go through Cowboy Twitter, and they're hammering. They're like explosive like a blown-out tire. You know, they're <laughs> like explosive like this. And I'm thinking, Cowboy fan, are, are you done with Zeke Elliott? Is it because you've seen what the backup can do, and you're thinking – I'm just tired of this. Are you are you tired of the maybe some lack of effort that it's maybe seemed like whenever you you got a player that looks out of shape and and he's fumbling the ball? Fumbles is something that you 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 know you hold on the th- if if maybe he's not getting his yardage, maybe you start saying is it the offensive line, is it the games? But when you're fumbling straight up out there and then your backup is 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 going ahead and and, and he's throwing up stats better than yours in the limited time he has, it, it makes the fan base wonder. They do, and Tony Pollard has looked good in, in limited uh, work on the field, but I think what bothers Cowboys fans, Jerry, is every time Zeke does break off a long run, say he breaks you know, off a 30-yard run down to the 7-yard line, he's always tapping his helmet saying, you know, I'm tired, get me out of the game. You know, I, I just broke off a 20-yard run. Let, let somebody else punch this thing in here. And you wouldn't see that back in the day. Emmett Smith breaks off a run, and they're down to the 5-yard line, and Emmett Smith's like, I'm tired. Somebody else come in here and punch it in. I think that's what Cowboy fans are frustrated with with Zeke. He's doing a lot less of the eat motion after yeah. first downs, and he's doing the signaling. Yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> man, forget this eating stuff. Get me out of here. But how quickly things changed because he fought so hard to get that money. Yeah. Right? They fought to the bitter end right into the last week before the season starts. That's usually the way it goes down with Cowboy guy. Right? The mm-hmm. Jerry Jones waits to the end. He tries to play chess with these guys. Then he ends up paying him. He did, he did it with Emmett. Emmett had to hold out for a few games, and then he finally paid him back in the day. And that's what made it so interesting for him to go out and just say, you know what, Dak Prescott, they took my shirt off at that poker game. Yeah. Like, like they <laughs> got just, me. They, they got me. And you're thinking, Jerry, what, what happened to you? you know, I mean, for him to admit that? And at his press conference, like, boy, we really overpaid for you, Dak. <laughs> Dak's sitting right there like, thanks. <laughs> Gives him an ass slap. <laughs> yeah. Good game. This is Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Who's this? Hey, this is Trey Wingo. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. Houston, hello. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. This is Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. That's Tyler Seto. I'm Jerry Bowe on a Sunday morning. Just trying to get your Sunday cranking and going, right? It's perfect weather outside. A little bit of a... A barbecue pit should be going right now. A little bit of charcoal smell in there. That's what should be going on right now. Your house and a lot of money line. Turn it up because we got about an hour and 15 minutes left here. I got a maybe, hopefully, a soccer winner. I gave you a little half-ass Roma last week. I didn't really have too much going on, but uh, I have something. It's going to be in Italy. We're going to go over to my bookie, and we're going to bet that at one point throughout the show. We got a teaser, right? We can't yep. just give them the goodies, though. 713-780-3776 if you want to win that ticket. I know you've heard the uh, the past few callers, um, their statement on why they should be chosen. One said he could drink a lot of beer and eat a lot of hot dogs. The other one says it's more of a sentimental thing, him and his father. You know, Astros on the grave. Yeah. 
that pulls a little bit of the heartstrings there. So if you can beat that, if you want to, if you want to join us Friday, 713-780-3776. Now, um, I'm looking at the Twitch line and going back to Edelman, everyone agrees he shouldn't be there. Going back on the pits, hey, Pitts is a generational talent. I just don't – I mean, I'm real scared of uh, these offensive weapons from a, a pass-catching perspective, not just – I mean, tight end, wide receiver. I'm real reluctant on those things if you can get a, a quarterback. That's it, and, and here's why that pick worries me. You remember Vernon Davis? Remember him? Wow. Remember, he went, wasn't he a top-10 pick for the 49ers, ran a 4-4-40? You know, everybody thought he was going to be a game-changer for them. And look, he had a nice career, but if you go back – you could have found a, a different player that could have impacted your team more. So, man, these tight ends, and, and think of Hawkinson, you know, that went in the first round. Like, he's a quality player, but he hasn't changed life for them in Detroit. Yeah. Was he a game changer? No. How many wins is he good for? Right. You know? Yeah, I just, to me, it's tough. And also tough, what's going on right now in the NFL? We're now at 18 teams that are saying they're not going to do the offseason voluntary Throw that in, in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Voluntary workouts. How do you feel about this? Is this good? Is this bad? Because if we're going strictly on numbers, last season with the COVID, you know, protocols, thirty percent down concussions, twenty three percent down in season ending injuries. Many players are using that to come to the table and saying, "Hey, less less helmet cracking, less less working out, less." Stress on these joints mm -hmm. leads to less concussions, less injuries. Let us be. It worked out. Some are thinking, though, that it's more on the COVID side, obviously, because that's what's going on. Some are saying, hey, I'm just still scared of that. Some are saying just because players didn't want this regardless, this is something they've been fighting for. Who has the advantage, though? Is it the veterans that are doing this saying they could sit out? Is it? the new guys that are going to have more time to show up and show out and shine and show, hey, well, who's gets the snaps? Well, we don't, we're don't. we short on debt. Go ahead. You're back out there. Is that an advantage? It is. I think if you're a younger player, you have more to prove, right? And, and these are voluntary workouts. Like, this is the first time we're really seeing the players pushing back. Like, these are supposed to be voluntary anyway. And we're in the middle of a pandemic if there's ever a reason to not attend a voluntary workout, this is a pretty good reason. But to your point, the young guys have something to prove to these coaches. You know, the veteran players that are, you know, their roles are solidified. They don't have to worry too much. You know, Tom Brady, he doesn't have to worry about losing his job or, you know, anybody like that. But if you're a young player, yeah, you have something to prove. But So I don't blame them at all. These are voluntary workouts. If they don't want to be there, then that's their choice. The NFLPA, though, is coming out and saying, hey, if it's your choice, we're not going to be mad at you because there's some players that have bonuses. Yes. $100,000 bonuses. And they'll probably show up. And they've already come out and said, I need that $100,000 bonus. I will be there. I know that you'll probably feel some type of way because we're supposed to do this together as a players union. But I got to worry about mine. Just like you're not really worried about yours because you have your position. But we say voluntary. But what if you're like on the fringe? Like you kind of have your spot, you kind of not, and, and your coach is, is he needs that little bit of pushover, and then you don't show up. What does that do for a coach in the way that he he the image he gets for a player? It, it can't be good. No, it's, it's like something in life. Just think of a, a scenario where you're in a in a crowd and and everyone else is dropping the dollar in or or whatever the case is, and you're just thinking like, do I really need to do this? Like, I guess. I mean, I don't want to be like the bad guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I hate that. I I, I hate that. 
now everywhere that you go shop, if, no matter if it's 98 cents or two cents left over, they're like, do you want to donate that to so-and-so? They're like, how about you match me then? You know what I mean? Sometimes, yes. I, And they'll be like, uh, some of them do match you, though, but a lot of them are just like, I'll, I'll be like, are, are they matching here, though? Like, <laughs> like we're just... You're taking 99 cents, whatever the changes you're taking. I understand maybe five, ten. So you just take again. That's just I'm, you feel bad saying no, right? When they're like, "Hey, do you want to donate?" And they this? say it loud. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's one of those. They things. shame you. This is one of these things. You, it's, it's basically you just say like you feel bad for saying no. They're like, "Would you like to donate to?" And then they'll say some kids foundation, yeah, something, something loud. And then you say, "No, I'm good." And they're like, "No." <laughs> that, like, that's why I would do like the yeah. NFL players. Not today. You know, like that, you don't have to say no, just not today. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, if I'm that NFL player, you going to show up to voluntary minute camp? Not today. <laughs> I always pull that like uh, I speak, like, I act like I can't speak English. <laughs> they, they look at me and, and I always look and I'm like, okay, and sometimes they speak Spanish. That's when you pull that. Oh, I, I, I got to take this. <laughs> just pull your, put your phone to your ear. <laughs> but again, it's just one of those things that you're just, you're tricked into. But at least we found a, a scenario. But yeah, that's just. One of the many things, man, that we're dealing with right now. It really is. And you're right, though. A lot of these players that are you know, on the border, they're going to upset some coaches if they don't show up because they're immediately going to think they're not committed or they're lazy or something like that. But a lot of these guys, they probably do just don't want to be exposed to COVID. And then know? you're also – I say many things we're going to be dealing with right now because, okay, you're telling them right after you announce that there's going to be a mo- an extra game. Yeah. So now they're like, well, how can we get them back? Let's huddle up real quick. No, you're right. You know, and one matches another. I'm like, hold on, you're going to add a game? Then we're taking off some time over here. And we got by with no preseason last year, and we were fine. But now we're back to, what, three preseason games again? So the players already know, like, we don't even need these preseason games. And, and now the voluntary mini camps, they are at the facility all the time anyway. So I don't blame any of these guys for, for taking advantage of this and it didn't matter last year. Tom Brady went to a new team, brought in a new offense with no offseason, no prep, and won the Super Bowl with all new guys, new playbook, everything. So clearly, you can get it done during the season. Do you really think that it has something tied to that 30% number that I threw in down on concussions? Do you think it really has it, or just that it just happened to be that the cards fell that way? 30% down, 23% injuries. Is there a correlation? I think there is, but I think it's more in the preseason and, and, and during training camp. Because a lot of these voluntary off-season workouts, they're not, there's not a lot of contact going on. You know what I mean? Like, not until you really get into training camp. So, you know, maybe, maybe for soft tissue injuries, you, you have more of those with these voluntary workouts. But I, I, don't, I don't think concussions is a huge issue. I don't think these guys are thumping like they are when training camp gets around. Now, another rule, another thing that's in uh, talks right now is the single-digit jersey rule. And I never really thought about that. So now they're allowed uh, – they won't allow, for example, wide receivers to be able to wore, wear a single-digit jersey. I don't even think it's that big of a deal, honest no. to me. That's – you know, every year they have they, – they, they bring to the table a few, uh, a few rules or, or things that they're trying to get past. It's between that, the expanded booth to uh, ref review. So now they wanted – for a while to add an extra official, they're not going to do that. So now they're making it to where without the reviews, the booth in New York can automatically tell them like, Hey, we saw something and they could communicate that to the officials. Now, instead of waiting and saying, man, no one, no one saw it and no one, no one challenged it. 
Now they'll be able to say on on blatant things, though, as far as it can go down to spot a foul, game clock, possession, completed or intercepted pass, touching of a loose ball, boundary line, goal line or inline, um, any of that stuff, line of scrimmage. So if any of that's wrong, they can they can hit them up right away and say, hey, that's wrong. So like a kind of like a sky judge like we saw with the XFL? Is it kind of like that? Exactly what it is. And I can, maybe they even used that a little bit and said, hey, maybe that's something we can yeah. we can take off of that. And we always knew that that's what the XFL was doing, throwing out different maybe ways to approach the game that could work. That and then also the onside kick rule. You're allowed to have 11, then they wanted to have it to 10, to 9. Some even saying eight people in the box. So it gives the uh, the kicking team a little bit more of a of a chance probability to recover the onside kick. And as always, we're going to hear the 4th and 15 rule, you know, like let's not do onside kicks. Let's mm-hmm. give the team the ball on the 20-yard line, 4th and 15, at which point the referees are not coming back and saying that gives us more chance to, for error. Like, yeah. How how do you call a fourth and fifteen call? And then I started thinking, wait, that shouldn't be called different. One of the refs came out and said that, and they were like, "Well, that makes it like that play so much more important for us to to to, to get it right. Like, to does it make the flag heavier to throw?" And I'm thinking, so is that the way you look at a play inside the red zone? Then, like, you know, it can made me think is that, if that the thought process of a referee. But those are the things that are getting put on the table right now as far as rule changes. I'm not sure if any of these, uh, other than the booth review, uh, I don't know if sure any of them are passed. I love the sky judge idea, the, 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 the ref in the booth. Don't you notice when you're watching the game, so often you know exactly what happened just by watching the replay, but it takes forever for them to actually you know, get it right, get the ball marked in the right spot, and, and get the call right. So I feel like you have such an advantage watching it on a monitor, watching the playback, that why not use that? I mean, why not? That's the advantage of that people quit going to games. Yeah. You know, with, with the camera angles and the quality of TV. It's and, better on TV. On your, Yeah, unless you have, even if you have a great ticket and you're down there, say the, the coveted 50-yard line ticket, maybe a few rows up so you got a good angle, you still can't really see what's zoomed in on the other side. You're still no. wondering, hey, what's going on over there? You're stretching out as to sitting at home on TV and you didn't pay that extra ticket. That's what fans are looking at nowadays. I can't blame them. And so many people watch the Red Zone channel. And so many people have the NFL Sunday ticket, and they want to be able to watch all the games. For me, that's the big reason I don't like going, because a lot of times the Wi-Fi is not working well in the stadium. You can't even check your see how your fantasy team's doing because you can't get internet service. That's the worst, having you know, fantasy going yeah. while at the stadium. You're just like, well, I mean, what? you feel lost. When you get yeah. out of the stadium, it's like you lived in a whole different world. You come back to reality, and you're like, man, I'm getting my ass kicked. And I missed a, a whole week, basically. They do put up like fantasy numbers on the Jumbotron, but it's like – it's three players at a time, and you're like, keep scrolling. Like, my guy's not in the top three. Come on. And then you've got, you're playing against one of them. The guy next to you has him. He's like, yes. And he tell, you know, he's telling his son about it, and you're like, you rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> well, we're going to rub in a winner here coming in. We're going to talk a little bit of gambling. I've, 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 I said yesterday on Twitter that I want to give you a, a segment, maybe more of a half segment. Just I want to tell you how I approach live betting, right? Because we always talk about timing. Josh and I always talk about in football, why not let the game start and then get it under seven points? Why not do this? Well, I'm going to let you know what I look at, what I exactly look at whenever I'm looking at live betting, what I'm waiting for, and from what perspective I can give you. Something that people can't give you unless they live this life. This is what's going to separate us. This is Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.